Welcome to the Tom Dupree Show for our financial hour. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. This is Billie Eilish, E-I-L-I-S-H. She's, I don't think that's a real name. She's a young girl. And, you know, people like me would not know about her other than if you just dug into things. That's like her last name's O'Connell. She's only 21. She's been singing since she was like 14 and uh, maybe even 13. Uh, Homeschooled in L.A. Started singing and dancing when she was six. Her parents obviously encouraged her. Her Uh, parents are working actors, too. They've been in shows, et cetera, so they... She got brought up in that sort of that entertainment yeah. lifestyle. But, you know, she's obviously brilliant. And this song of hers is in the movie Barbie, which has got the song by Dua Lipa that we just played. But, you know, I mean, I probably won't make it to Barbie. I mean, I'm just, if you want to give odds on it, the chances are, you know, I'm, I'm not going to end up there. But... I do try to keep at least know what's going on culturally. And, you know, uh, what they've done with this movie is thrown a lot of pop stars in there. And they're, you know, that's going to be a great way their music gets pumped up, you know, is to use it in there. She's a, she's a killer performer. I mean, she's real breathy, obviously the way she sings, but it's, I mean, listen, how would I else would I know about this stuff if I didn't do any research? It's like stocks. You know, there's stocks you're not going to know about. You know, who's going to know about Old Republic? <laughs> you know, but. And nothing Adar's, on this show is a recommendation yeah, by ourselves. No, Please consult even, your financial professional really before buying. Anymore, okay, so <laughs> that's kind of in the past. I mean, it's probably this is almost like a quiz, a, yeah, to yeah, see the what thing of it you've is, ever heard of this company. Yeah. Anything you don't, anything you learn about takes research. Yeah. And if you hear a guy like me is not going to know about Billie Eilish, and I might not know about Old Republic, I'm more likely to know about Old Republic because <laughs> I'm in the business. You know, I don't make money off of, off of knowing about music. But the point is, 
you know, everything you learn about, you got to do the research. So, which one do y'all want to go with? This time horizon thing? Yeah, the the first one, um, you know, this is a broad topic. Um, you can go, go in several directions on it, but what brought this to my attention, we've had a lot of questions here recently with interest rates going up. You know, hey, I have cash, you know, savings, checking, you know, just sitting there earning nothing. What do I need to do with that? Um, and the honest answer is it depends. Um, there are things to, that you can do and the things you should do. Um, it depends on what the use of the funds are. Um, you know, like, for example, um, if you're looking at doing a major purchase in six months uh, versus if you are just this is kind of your emergency funds that you have um, versus, hey, I don't think I'm going to need this for five years, maybe never, and I'm, I'm making contributions. I have excess cash flow. I'm still working. I have excess cash flow. So that balance is going up. Those are three different scenarios. And so it depends on your situation. But, I mean, you know, for example, there are uh, bonds out there, fixed income instruments, uh, that, you know, we own, we, we did a purchase a uh, week and a half, two weeks ago, uh, attractive, you know, interest rates. And that's a long-term investment. Now it's liquid, uh, but it's, it's long-term. Um, so it depends. This right here, he, I like how he breaks it down just to kind of give examples. So he looks back. Uh, from the 1930s, uh, it, it, he looks at just post-World War II data because uh, it just gives, it's, going back to the 30s, still the same general consensus, um, but uh, post-World War II, um, the worst five-year returns, we're looking at five-year rolling periods, the worst five-year return was negative 29%. And the best five-year return was positive 267%. That's a big discrepancy. And you had yeah. everything in between. Um, and I like, I like this, too. Um, so over a one-year time frame, this is going back to 1926, over a one-year time frame, 75% of the time, you had positive returns in the market. Um, the best... One-year return, 162%. The average was 12.3. And then looking at, you know, a five-year return, your numbers get better. So percent of the time up, it was 88%. So what it's showing is the longer you're invested, the better, uh, if you want to call it the odds or the chances, that you have a positive return. All right. So you started out saying the guy's sitting in cash, right? Yep. Or ha has cash, yeah, has okay. an investment portfolio, but also has cash on the sidelines. Well, the first place to start is money market funds are paying 5% versus a checking account paying nothing. So mm -hmm. if you're going to be waiting around for a year, let's say it's $100,000. Yep. Wouldn't you rather have $5,000 in interest? or dividends in the case of a money market fund than zero. So at least get your cash 
moved into something paying more than than a checking account. Right. Right. I mean, that's 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 low hanging fruit right now. People don't realize mm-hmm. this is a sales pitch. Listen, folks, you're being pitched. Bring us your cash. We can find something for you to invest in in time. But in the meantime, you're going to make 5% in a money market fund. Newsflash. We're not the only ones with 5% money market funds. We're just the best. (laughs) I I mean, the, the, the truth is you may not have realized you can get 5% doing nothing mm-hmm. right now. 5%. Will it stay there forever? No. Could it go up? Could it go down? Could it go sideways? Yes. Mm-hmm. It probably will do all of those things. But right now, you're getting 5% on your cash. A year and a half ago, you were getting zero. Maybe now more like 20 months ago, something like that. You weren't getting anything. You're now getting 5%. That is a change. That's right. And anytime you start going longer than money market, you know, because that's that's liquid. Um, Anytime you start going longer, you need to make sure that the maturities match up. You know, if, if it's a CD... You know, you have to have that match up with something. If it's uh, a, a stock investment, that has to match up with your time horizon. Uh, because, you know, in the short run, anything can happen in markets. Um, and so you want... Not I, anything. <laughs> ideally, you want to, you know, anything. for investments, um, when I say investments, stocks, you know, companies, um, that's longer term money. That's what you're looking at when you're looking, you know, over five years, ideally. Um, but everybody's situation's a little different. Like I said, if you have uh, that cash balance that's building every month, then maybe you invest some of that cash as, as longer term. Um, so we can, like, like you said, Tom, we can give you ideas for that. Um, and we'll, we'll tell you, we're fiduciaries. Uh, we'll tell you, you know, what we think is best. Uh, we don't get paid interest. a commission. We have no financial um, incentive to say do this over over that. You know, we're not getting paid to put you into right this or that. Now, the other... Now, the other guys, they are getting paid. <laughs> yeah. Now, the other part of this, uh, which is bigger discussion, you, you touched on it. So, I was talking first about... Uh, you have an investment portfolio, your long-term money, then you also have cash, checking, and savings. It's a totally different scenario when you look at, okay, your investment portfolio is basically in cash now. Now, why would it be in cash? could be a couple reasons. It could be an inheritance. Um, it could be you know, an insurance policy payout. Um, it could be that there were, you panicked uh, and sold when things were getting bumpy in the market, it could be a number of things, but having cash in the money market right now, it is yielding, you know, in the 5% range right now, that's great, but that is a floating rate. So that can change as interest rates change. No doubt. 
when you look at something like a a Jenny May. Yeah. What's a Jenny May? A mortgage <laughs> bond. Right. Um, that's a 30-year mortgage-backed security, 30 years. Right now, we we're seeing those in the 6% range. It's a 30-year final maturity, right. but you get yeah. most of your principal back before that. Yeah, it's funded right. by people's home mortgages, and the government guarantees so, the So you the get principal. back some principal yeah. every month. Right. Very little at first, more towards the end. Right. But the, the point being that that's a, you know, 30 years yeah. Um, versus something that's floating rate today. So... But it has when constant uh, principal price, doesn't change. Yeah, exactly. Your, price, price stability. You're locked on in money at market. six versus floating at five. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So That's from a, a, a portfolio standpoint, it makes sense to start lengthening out in the duration. You know, yeah. you, we don't know what interest rates are going to do in the short run. But if... Uh, I do. <laughs> if, they were to, if they were to go lower... If they were to He's go not lower, at my jokes today. I mean, you you are well. No. You're the jester, sort of. But he's, well, he's he's not thinking that it's funny. I thought it was good. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. If interest if rates, interest rates go, if interest rates yeah. go down, I hear you. Money market, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get less on your money market because it's floating. But Mike, rate. listen, they're not gonna start cutting rates for another year. I don't think. I mean, I listen. They the Fed has put too much into this jacking the rates up agree and um you know the banks are making a killing on their their loan portfolios now i mean you know they're charging eight percent or something like that on prime rate loans but i bet their cost of funds hasn't gone up as much as they say it has but let's say only for the weaker banks let's say that that's get it elsewhere let's say that that's the 12 months though as you get closer and closer, no, the right. market's going to see that, and those longer bonds are going to move up in price. They are. And that, it's actually happened the last couple of days. Yeah. Because the Treasury, uh, the 10-year Treasury, got up to a 434, and I think today it's a, is it a 419 or something? It's in the teens, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, so, you know, that begs the question, how do you like them, Louis? <laughs> I like it. I like I like duration. No, we're down to a four twelve on oh, wow. the on the yeah. ten year. Tr- so that's a four point one two yield. Meaning, gosh, it had a big rally today. It it, it dropped nine basis points. So it was at a four twenty one or something uh, last night, and it was at a four thirty four the other day when we when we bought those Jennies. Yeah, they're probably they're up. Yeah, they're up. So That's the thing of it is, though. is that um, just start. Just call me the bond daddy. <laughs> and the, the, the point is, okay. you know, TD the BD. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you're making jokes, and you want me to laugh. It is funny. The the the, the thing is, um, and we've been saying this on the radio ad. You know, there will come a point where you will see lower interest rates. It's going to happen. This is a time to sort of establish your yields for the longer term, and and you can do that still. I mean, you know, you six percent might not be there right now, but you can get five for sure. Yeah. on some things. And so that's that's the point of the portfolio management because you're making incremental 
changes yeah. to the portfolio. You're not going to get it all invested no. at the high tech. No, uh, because you need you need hindsight to know that it was the high tech. That's, that's right. part of the issue. You want to keep a little powder yep, dry that exactly. you can invest in case it keeps getting better. But you can sort of see where things are heading, and it's like, okay, that's an attractive yield. If somebody's taking a four percent distribution. Yeah. That's getting the that's getting the job done. Right. Plus, um, things that are you know e- even equities, stocks, companies that have essentially long duration. You know, be it a a mortgage REIT uh, that owns mortgage bonds. That's another way that we've so incrementally. Chad, are we going to have a recession at some point? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> The jester speaks. <laughs> he speaketh with wisdom, too. <laughs> Will the market go up or down? Yes. Oh, that's perfect. <laughs> I'm speechless. Well, it, going back to what you were talking about last week, though, Mike, get you, you were talking about back on track, long-term inflation was roughly 3%. I mean, when you're looking at bonds that are yielding 5 or 6% now, and I mean, whether Makes it be sense. money market is short or, yeah, or long, good I mean, you're getting a better rate return. You're actually getting a real return on your investment That's in bonds true. now. And that was not true for the last, what, decade or so? It's been, yeah, you it's been pretty rough. Exactly. You're right. So it's another, another rule of thumb you can use is just to look where inflation is, look where the bond rates are. And if you can make money in real terms, that is after you adjust for inflation, then, then uh, you're golden. When I started in the business, 1978, to me, that's how everything rotates around when I started in the business. But I do recall bond rates were around 6%, and inflation was creeping up to around 7 And nobody cared. I mean, it's like, oh. And then finally, Paul Volcker comes on the scene, and, and we got to whip this. So it got worse before it got better, but you saw bond rates go from 7% to like 12, 13%. And bonds got to where now you got a real rate of return on them. You know, if you bought 10% municipals when they were available in the early 80s, yeah. you know, inflation was around 10% at the moment, but within the next two or three years, it dropped to 6%. And you've locked in a 10% bond, you know, with a 10, 15, 20-year maturity on it. Of course, they got called after 10 years because, you know, the rates came down. And that's one thing that will happen when you buy par bonds. Bonds at par, trading at par, you're going to get called if rates drop down. They'll get paid off early. But, you know, you can buy other things that might lengthen out your duration a little longer. Discount bonds. Yeah. Those kinds of things. So, I mean, those it's available. You can do it. And and then there's other things that you can own that might have exposure to the bonds that are uh, other types of financial companies, even potentially that could create an even higher yield for you. So, you know, we love growth. We love uh, stocks that go up. But at some point, you know, they don't grow forever in a straight line. We're looking at trying to deliver yield, i.e. dividend, interest payments for our clients, and there's still some opportunities there. Yep. 
Well, the other thing is we're actually talking about bonds in a positive light now, and that's how long has it been since we've really done that? I mean, it's been all stocks all it the time. It hasn't, you know. Oh, eight, they got cheap. Yeah. Yep. Real cheap. But, but they weren't cheap for long. You can get a good return on fixed income now. It's been a long time since you can. You've That's been what able I to yeah. say that. So I mean, it's it's just uh, it's you've got people have to readjust their thinking here a little bit to think that a fixed income really is an important part of our overall investment uh, strategy. So uh, don't uh, don't overlook this opportunity here. Agreed. I'm going to jump in with a disclaimer. Nothing on this show is a recommendation to buy or sell securities while stocks and the stock market will be discussed on this program. Check with your financial advisor or professional before investing. And yes, I did follow a script. You got it. All right. Now I'm going to swing over to the next thing and we are going to go out with Billie Eilish. You've been listening to the Tom Dupree Show, educating and empowering you to make your money work for you in retirement. We'll be back in just a few minutes with the second segment. We are powered by Debris Financial Group. Stay tuned. Taking a drive, I was an ideal, looked so alive. Turns out I'm not real, just something you paid for. This is Tom Dupree. What do you know about investing? Perhaps what you know is limited to what you hear on CNBC or read in the Wall Street Journal. You might be surprised to learn that investing can be made a lot simpler than you might imagine. At Dupree Financial Group, it's our aim to make the investment process very clear. If you schedule a complimentary appointment with us to review your retirement investment accounts, we'll describe them for you. Call Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. Also, be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show on Saturday mornings at News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at www.dupreefinancial.com. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord Most High. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ What a beautiful name it is What a beautiful name it is The name of Jesus Christ our King What a beautiful name it is Nothing can stand against what a beautiful name it is, the name of Jesus. You didn't want heaven without us, so Jesus, you brought heaven down. I 
sin was great, your love was greater. And what can separate us now? What a wonderful name it is. What a wonderful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, our King. What a wonderful name it is. Nothing compares to this What a wonderful name it is The name of Jesus Welcome back to the Tom Dupree Show. Joining us, Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, our host, Tom Dupree, and we are powered by Dupree Financial Group. Okay, we were we kind of had a child, young girl on oh, earlier hey. named Billie Eilish. This is... A young woman who's not quite as young. She's like 27, but her name is Victory Boyd. And I think she was also homeschooled like Billie Eilish. She was from Detroit. Then her, I think her family moved to uh, maybe Brooklyn. Uh, she is of nine siblings in a family full of musicians. Uh, an amazing person. And she's on tour playing a lot of big places. So there are young people doing some really extraordinary things. And this is to be something to be happy about. I am excited about it. It makes me want to go see her wherever she is. And I think she's going to be in Nashville next month. So might be worth going to see her. Anyway. All right. So, you know, all right. Let me just say this. Yes, you can get 5% on your cash. Should it be the final resting place from your cat for your cash? Only if you're sure that it's going to pay 5% for the next 10 years, you know, then it's like having a 5% CD that you can pull the money out anytime you want to, which is what everybody, well, really what they want is a 10% CD. But the, the, the thing is there's no guarantee. And so therefore that's where you have to take market risk. You could buy some bonds, you could buy stocks. You know, there, there's a lot of things you can buy. But don't sit, especially with inflation, even if it's 3% or down to 3 from it got as high as 8 or something. Don't sit in cash earning nothing. There's no, you can't make a case for that. I talked to a guy the other day. He business owner. He's got a million dollars sitting in the bank. First of all, so he's $750,000 over yep. the FDIC insured limit. And I told him about this and it just like went in one ear and out the other. You know, there's people that really, they're not focused on what they need to focus on a million dollars in cash. If it paid 5% for the next year, He's going to make 50 grand 
they could pay another salary of a person at their office or something yeah. instead of sitting there in, in cash earning nothing and having three quarters of it essentially unsecured. That's right. Why would you not do this? Anyway, I mean, I, I guess because you just aren't focused on it. I, I know this guy's not stupid. He's, you know, he just likes knowing it's in his bank and doesn't mind the fact that inflation's eating away at it and it's not earning anything. And people do things that just, and I get it, it's emotional. You know, you, you, you just are used to what you're used to and you don't want to do something different because you don't want to. And that's that's a lot of people because – but investing is about – it's always been about getting out of your comfort zone. Yep. I mean, it, it, real investing. It is always about – and you're not getting out of your comfort zone just for the sake of getting out of your comfort zone. You're seeing something out there that you think logically makes – better sense than what you're doing right now mm-hmm. and so that means you got to change something you know if if you call us and say can we come see you the answer is yes but we're going to show you some things that, that might kind of you know you've been comfortable putting money in your 401k and in your s&p 500 fund or whatever it's doing great and everything's been great you don't know how much risk you're taking mm-hmm. you might not want to know and I really think that's true of a lot of people. Just don't yeah. inform me of the risk because I'm I'm a person who when the market's down, I don't open my statements. Okay, that's not knowing what your where your money's invested. Do you really want that? It's, but there's people that don't want to go to the doctor. They don't want to know how they're doing. That's right. You know, that the, they, they they're just they could maybe do something to help their health, but they choose not to. Oh, I don't trust doctors. I don't trust brokers. Well, okay. But learn about enough about the mechanics of your money, you know, to know what you can do. You there are things you can learn about your money. It does you don't have to be in the dark about it or just wedded to one way of doing things and not think about something else. Right. And that's call it complacency or, you know, once you've been doing something for so long, it's just, that's, Hey, that's how yeah. I do it. Um, it, that's, that's the hard part of, like you said, investing is because you're always having to challenge your own biases on yeah. different things. Um, and remember with investing with your, your retirement planning, there's a lot of different levers that you can pull on a lot of different things. You know, looking at, convert, like we talked a couple of weeks ago, converting growth to income. Why are we talking about that? Well, because it's compelling right now. You know, it's compelling because of where interest rates are, where valuations are, where growth stocks are trading at such a premium versus other areas that are attractively priced and they pay uh, nice dividends or you can get attractive yields and fixed income. It's because it's what the market is giving you and it can make sense for a lot of people's scenarios. Um, 
there, there was one of the the articles I thought was interesting. Uh, we is talking about retiring in a bear market and how damaging that can be. Well, if you're pulling out if distributions you're, from your principal, exactly. And so that's getting into the different levers that you can pull um, because, okay, is it invested for growth? Well, if growth isn't growing and the market's down, you're selling shares at a lower price. You're right. liquidating your principal. You can pull a lever where it's now a, more of an income-producing portfolio. Yep. Now you're living more on the dividends, the interest payments. You don't have to liquidate depending on what your withdrawal rate is, not liquidate shares in a down market. What's another lever you can pull? You can work part-time. You know, if maybe you don't want to work full-time anymore, well, you go you go to work part-time um, and you're right. not drawing out as much. What's another lever that you can pull? You can look at your expenses. If you're looking at taking a, a big trip, you know, going to Europe the year that you retire is going to be a $20,000 trip or whatever it was going to be. Well, maybe you postpone that a year. Um, and so all these different things that you can do to maximize the assets that you have. That's what, that's, that's our job here is to maximize the assets that our clients have. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not to, go out, take a lot of risk and, you know, hit a home run. If we do, if we hit a home run, great. But that's not our core function. Our core function is to look at risk and what's the biggest risk. It's your monthly distributions that are eaten into your principal. That's the biggest risk for most people. And right now it's also a concentration risk. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's owning these funds in your 401k that are highly correlated with each other. You're not really diversified. They all kind of move in lockstep and it's not been adjusted for where you are in life. And so all these different levers to pull for retirement, that's what our job is to our clients, you know, inform them, pull the levers for them on the portfolio management. We're pulling these levers, and they anytime we place a trade, they're getting a confirmation. They know what we're doing with their money, and then we meet with them and talk to them about it. Um, but it's things change, markets change. At some point, value has become growth. At some point, right. valuations go up, and what's a growth stock today might be a value stock at some point. Um, and so, Apple just, was. That's right. That's when we first bought it. That's been what fifteen years ago. About that. Yeah. Yeah. God. <laughs> I remember. You know, we started buying it. It yeah. was cheap. Yeah. So, and they started paying a dividend. That's right. what. That's what attracted us. That's to right. It. Is valuations, and they started paying a dividend. Um. So. The markets are dynamic. Life happens. Life's dynamic. Um. And. Being complacent, being stuck in a rut and doing something just because it's what you've always done, that's not a good reason to keep doing it. Nope. Um, inevitably, that'll lead you right off the cliff. Yeah, it's – we can't argue with the success some people have had putting money into their 401Ks over the years and just leaving it on autopilot. It changes – 
when you retire. Exactly. A bear market when you're accumulating is your friend. When you're accumulating wealth, bear markets are your friend. When you're retiring, starting to take money out, it's your enemy. Because because your time horizon goes from you've got plenty of time to recover from a bear market to you can't handle a bear. I mean, you can't recover. The the time is the the window you have to uh, have a mistake or have risk drive your portfolio down is it goes I mean it's it goes away when you retire right well and the other thing that's happened you know people of the last 40 years of investing um, and it, it, it hasn't been easy it's never easy but the returns have been proportionally better than they have over a longer period of time that's right. because I mean Essentially, you've been able to get almost the same return as just being in the S&P 500 as having a, a, a blended portfolio with bonds thrown in there because right. you've had a bull market in bonds. That scenario's you, you never know what the market's going to do, but that scenario has likely changed. Um, and so you can't build into your assumptions when you retire that you're going to have a certain rate of return from growth. Because nobody knows. Um, typically, when you've had a, a, a higher than average rate of return for a long period of time, usually you have a period of lower returns, right. just reversion to the mean. Uh, that's typically what happens. And so if you're investing for growth, banking on a certain rate of return, and you're drawing out, and that's not happening, you, you got a problem. Um, right. So... Active management, meaning paying attention to what's going on in the market, not trying to time the market. That's a different thing. But looking at what's going on in the market, looking at what's going on with companies, um, that's that's what we do. What part of the market do you see better potential return prospects than risk? I mean, basically, is my upside greater than my downside? And that's an ever-moving target because right now, there's a lot of risk in technology stocks, particularly the Super Seven, as, as some are calling them, because they've run so up so far, uh, so much, so fast, and their earnings may or may not keep up with it. I mean, they they really are being priced like they're going to keep growing earnings at ridiculous levels for many years going forward. But there are other parts of the market where people have decided their you know their, their better days are behind them now, and uh, there's they're still capable of generating a lot of cash flow and they're trading at attractive prices. I mean, just based on cash flow or breakup value alone, the company could be uh, pretty close to that that number right now. So there's not a lot of downside. And there's some great upside, but that whatever that uh, good opportunity is, it changes. Depending, the sector might be different just depending on the current economic circumstances and the short term outlook. I mean, there's always something to buy in the market, and when you are actively looking for ideas that's different than market timing and i think that that's the point there's we're looking right. for value uh, we're looking for a, a relative a relatively attractive return given the risk uh, prospects and and uh, there's always something that that fits that bill but it does change so there's your active management yeah i mean people have said you know active management versus indexing you know which is better 
indexing has won over long periods of time, but then a lot of times when it really matters the most. See, the problem is in the last 20 years, 15 years, act, uh, indexing has gotten, let's go back to 01, so 22 years. There's a couple of places in there where indexing got smashed so bad that um, uh, it's it's like you got to be careful because you don't know when one of those super down markets is going to come along. Even if they only come along once every eight to twelve years, but you can you you can lose a lot of years of returns if you're not watching your portfolio and and when it really goes down. And I recall sending out to a list of people uh, in literally March of 09 talking about how cheap. Now you go look on your little computer about where the Dow was then. Where was it? S&P hit 666 intraday on March the 9th, I believe. That where, was the low was the intraday Dow? low. Um, I don't know. It's I, like 7,000. It was well below 10. We went above 10,000, had a party, then it went below 10,000. There was no party when it went back below. Well, and, and the, the, the point I'm making is people got that letter and they got mad because, you know, they were conditioned to think that the market was, was bad. It was about 7,000. Yeah. And it was sort of right around the time Obama was inaugurated. Um, the, the thing is, when things are cheap, nobody wants them. And that's as it should be. It's gone down a bunch. So you have recency bias looking backwards and saying, you know, it's been going down. You think it's going to continue. Recency bias is a condition of the human mind. It hit me yesterday. It will hit me again today. That is true in some things. And that's true in a lot of things for a certain period of time. But things can change. Certain conditions of the human mind. Let's talk about depression. The reason why it's depression is because you don't think it's ever going to get right. better. If you knew in 28 and a half days, I will suddenly feel better. You can get through it. <laughs> Problem is you don't think the 28 and a half days. That's why a bear market is a bear market. You don't think it's going to get better. Or if it does, it's not going to get better in time for you save your bacon, you know, and, and this is how we think we're constantly having to overcome our own thinking. Our thinking is our enemy. Look at facts. Those have to get outside of your biases because your biases, your thinking, they are affected by your emotions. Sure. And your emotions will frequently tell you the wrong thing. It's just how it works. All right. I guess that's my turn to wrap it up. If you'd like to make your money work for you in retirement, Must you wrap it up? 
If we you'd like such a good to make your money work for you in retirement, call us, 859-233-0400. We'll take a look at what you're invested in and why. You can also schedule an appointment with us directly on our homepage of our website. You've been listening to The Tom Dupree Show with Mike Johnson, Chad Sturgill, and our host, Tom Dupree. We're powered by Dupree Financial Group. Come see us. 